Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Amen. God is a mighty God. He's a powerful God. I am so glad that you are in the Lord's house today. Amen. How many is glad to be in the Lord's house today? I'm glad you're here. Amen. Why don't you shake hands with somebody close to you and just tell them, I'm so glad you're in church. Amen. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so, so glad that you are in the house of God today. Um, I come today with a burden in my spirit for this church and for this area. Hell has fought us. He's fighting everybody. It's not just us here in Marion, but he's fighting everybody. And I'm glad that I'm not fighting this by myself. Our theme this year is reset. I want to reset back, the pur- back to the purpose of what God sent us to this city. And that is to see a great church that is a lighthouse to this entire area. Not just Marion, but beyond the borders of Marion into other counties, even multiple counties. And I sought God about today. I feel like the Lord spoke to me very clearly. And I want to share my burden today. There is a five-fold ministry in the church. I, as pastor, cannot fulfill all those roles. Pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist. Today, I'm going to try to fulfill one of those that I don't always fulfill. Today, I want to try to be the voice of the evangelist in this church. I am not an evangelist. But as a preacher, God allows us to do all the walk in all those fivefold ministries at time. I'm thankful that we do have men of God that can come and speak to our life in other capacities. And if I can, this year I plan on having us more voices that come from this pulpit than just ours a lot more this year. That is my goal, my hope. With all that said, today I feel the voice of an evangelist to this church. If the Lord will let me be that. No doubt the pastor is going to bleed out. Luke 14 and verse 16. Luke 14 and verse 16. Then stand with me with the word, reading the word if you don't care. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready 
And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets, the lanes, and the city, and bring them hither, the poor and the maimed, the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said to his servant, Go out in the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Could we embrace your Bible, lay it to your side, and let's just talk to the Lord for a moment. I'm asking you to pray and say, God, would you open my heart and my spirit? Let me receive, Lord, what you have for me, God, and let you, Lord, that your will would be done exactly what you want today. Lord, in your name, I'm asking you to touch us today. Each heart, each soul, each individual in this place today, Lord, I'm asking you to help us, God. Lord, I'm asking you to help me, God, to anoint me, God, with the voice of the evangelist today, God, to minister this congregation today. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we magnify you, God. Every person that is here today, God, every person that may hear this by way of podcast later, Lord, I'm asking you to touch, God. Lord, let us receive, Lord Jesus, in your precious name, God. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the mighty, mighty, awesome name of the Lord. Church, say amen. amen. Shake hands with somebody as you're seated and tell them you're glad to be in the house of the Lord with them. If you can't, you're not close to them, salute them or something. <clears throat> A middle-aged bookstore customer was expressing her obvious annoyance to one of the store clerks. Every time I come here to buy a bestseller, you are sold out. She scolded. Why can't you people learn to stock your shelves more efficiently? And what is the title of the book you wish to purchase, asked the clerk. How to remain young and beautiful, the woman answered. Very well, replied the clerk. I will place your order for how to remain young and beautiful at once, and I will mark it urgent. Reading an article on voicings.com, I read that story along with this following paragraph that I want to share and use today as a launching point to where I want to go, where I feel the Lord wants us to go. The sense of urgency is one of the big emotional problems of our time. We waste more time dealing urgently with matters that are unimportant than we spend on important matters that need our urgent attention. Many of us live in a constant state of siege, putting on ourselves and others for the wrong reasons. Some, someone has called this siege mentally the have-to disease. I have to do this, and I have to do that. We hear this all day long. Today, for a few moments, I want to preach to this awesome congregation this message I have to I have to I have to go to work I have to wash my car 
I have to wash my hair. I have to watch this show. I have to wash my clothes. I, I have to go shopping. I have to watch the game. I have to go hunting. I have to post this picture on social media. I have to. I have to. I have to. Every one of us has used this phrase, and no doubt we use it daily, on a daily basis. There are so many things, Sister Penny, that we feel like we have to do. We have to. We're constantly, somebody will call and say, I need you to do this. And they may say, well, I have to do that. Or somebody may want us to do this, and I have to do that. But what does this phrase, have to, truly, truly mean that we use so casually in our everyday walk through life? According to the Cambridge Academic uh, Content Dictionary, it means to be forced to, must, have to. We live. An extremely, in an extremely high pressure time to conform to so many things in this hour that we live in. There are so many demands on our daily lives that is put on our lives every day. For us adults, we are living with the pressure now then more than ever with, with uh, inflation at its 40 year plus uh, highest rate and all of a sudden now with a conflict going on in Russia they're telling us that it's going to rise at least 10% more with gas prices going up, food going up utilities and, and our lodging is going up, the cost of living in general seems to be going up you young people that may be here I know some of them done gone but some today that uh, we live under this uh, scrutiny of, of living up to the false image and even us adults of like uh, of, of the many things on social media and, uh, and, and it just seems like we, we see this social media and we see these things and uh, we, we feel like we have to, uh, 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 to mold ourselves into certain images that we see on social media and then we, we got to get the plate just right of the food before we post it and we got to get the selfie just right with the right filter or we're, we're worried about people liking our comments and if we don't get enough likes we feel like we're, we don't amount to anything and there's such pressure that's on us and, and we feel like we have to conform and we feel like I have to do this and I have to do that. God has given us a beautiful gift. It's called time. As our children remind us that it does not hold back for anything. It doesn't hold back for anything. Today, the last Sunday of February in 2022 before you know it I know you don't want to hear it but we're going to be saying hey we, we need to bring in food for the food baskets Amen. the gift of time that God has given us has seemed to become a monster it's devouring us every waking moment of our lives it's divine everything that we do. We feel like we don't have the time to really put into prayer. We feel like we don't have time to read that good book that everybody's talking about or listen to that podcast or, or listen to the audio book or the audio, audio version of the Bible, whatever may be your flavor. Just so We need the Word of God, period. But we feel like I don't have time. I, I've got to work this much time. If that's not enough, I've got to pay the bill so I have to work a little overtime and it costs me to miss this and costs me to miss that and, and all of a sudden we're, we're, we're demanded by time and time is after us and, and we're not managing time and if you don't manage something it will devour you. That's right. Amen. How many of us feel like Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell? 
There's a famous Saved by the Bell episode in which Jesse starts taking caffeine pills in order to stay awake and she has a major meltdown when Zach tells her there's no time for her to wash her hair before her big performance. And to Zach's comment, Jesse gives this epic quote when she said, No time! There's never any time! I don't have time to study! I don't have time to go to Stanford! I'll let everybody down! I'm so confused! There's no time! There's never any time! Does anybody feel what I'm talking about today? I'm so busy with so many things. It seems I don't have time to do. I'm so tired. I'm talking from my standpoint today. I am so tired. I'm so wore out. I am so weary. It seems like I can't get everything done in my life that I need to get done. Hallelujah. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I'm a pastor. I work a job. Sister, uh, Sister Rita is asking me when I'm going to retire. I wish it had been 10 years ago. Amen. But I don't have time. Can we see that we're living in the last days? Listen to the Old Testament prophet Daniel as he spoke of the end times in Daniel 7 and 25. And he spake... Uh, he shall speak great words against the Most High, talking about the devil in the end time, uh, the, the Antichrist, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into the hand until time and times and dividing a time. Daniel was letting us know that one, one of the end time things that we would face would be weariness, and how is the devil trying uh, to wear us out, praise God. He is trying to wear us out with what we think we have to do in life, trying to get us distracted from the most important things in our life and he's putting more on us and more time and we're taking the bait and we're taking it hallelujah so we so we cruise on social media that sucks our time and we work extra hours on our jobs to have the best car and the best house or the best clothes or the best uh, or whatever it is you're dealing with and we begin to wear ourselves out it's just a distraction from the pits of hell thinking that we have to conform to this and we We've got to conform to that. And we find ourselves like Jesse. And we say, no time. There's no time. Listen to Apostle Paul as he spoke to this matter in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11. When he said, lest Satan should get an advantage over us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. I'm making a call to this church today to recognize the one of the biggest devices the devil is using in these last days. It's not an addiction to some substance. It is not some blatant sin that's out there called murder or, or adultery or some other thing like that. It's none of those things but one of the biggest distractions that the devil has brought to us in the hour that we're living in is this disease of the have-to. I have to do it. I have to dress like this. I have to look like this. I have to work these extra hours. I have to do this. And I've got to do this. I have to. I have to. I have to. There are so many things that we have allowed in our mind to become more important than what is truly important in our lives that we have let Satan get an advantage over us and we have become ignorant of his devices. 
as much good, Sister Lisa, as social media can be, we have become ignorant to the fact that it's a device in our life to suck our time. But how many said, I'm just going to sit down and look at social media for a second, and all of a sudden you've scrolled. You went all the way through the feed and you went back up and refreshed it and got the new stuff and you didn't stop or you'd already seen, you just went back over it again. Or you get on YouTube to watch a video on how to fix your washer and the next thing you know, you're watching some video from something else that makes no sense and not even relevant to your life and we get ready to lay down and go to bed and we think, I don't have time to pray. And we scream as Jesse Spano did. There's no time. There's never any time. And so we live in a disruptive lifestyle that's constantly being controlled by time instead of us controlling our time. And Sister Penny, it's almost as if Jesus is speaking to us like he did Martha in Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42, when he said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Harvest house, there is one thing that is needful for us. There is a good part of life that cannot be taken from us. Hallelujah. There is one thing that's needful hallelujah and it's not social media it's not those extra hours on a job it's not having that brand new flavor of phone whatever it is or that brand new vehicle so you can keep up with somebody else or, or that or that blouse that skirt or that that bowl that gun that fishing rod whatever it is that takes our time and takes us away from the most important thing in our life and we think we have to do those things But there's a good part of life that cannot be taken away. Sister Heather, that stuff's going to be taken away. It's going to, that other stuff's going to be taken away. I mentioned it the other night. You can get the brand new phone and you can walk out the door, choose not to get the insurance and walk outside and break it and it's gone. This stuff is going to leave us. These things are going to leave us in life. Material possessions, this stuff that we, we hold so dear, we think we have to do it. It's going to leave us. But there is a good part of life that can't be taken from us. Martha, Mary, Martha yes, she was doing the things she should have been doing uh, that was important. It was important. No doubt she was washing, washing the dishes. She was fixing the food. Jesus was here. We had a, a whole bunch of people here. And we got to do this stuff. And we got to take care of it. But at that moment, Martha forgot what the have to was really all about. Jesus wasn't always going to be with them. Jesus wasn't always going to be in that house that day. And Martha wanted to make everything perfect for an image. When, Martin, when Mary just sat at the feet of Jesus and said, I know this stuff is necessary. But at this moment, I choose to take that part that will not leave me in the setting at the feet of Jesus and soaking up everything that he has. I'm not telling you it's a, that we should look at social media or you should, can't get a new blouse or a new vehicle or new whatever it is, but I'm telling you when it takes precedence over top of the kingdom of God and the things that God wants from us, hallelujah, we've got to have to messed up. Not going to be real long, but I want to be very, 
very precise today and tell us today this have to disease is destroying it's destroying lives it's destroying lives I seen a Twitter post by Brother Terry Shock he made this statement he said pastor Make sure that you don't spend all day Saturday preparing for Sunday that you forget about your children. As important as the Word of God is, there's nothing more important to that man of God and that pastor than his family. And so many times we make the things that's, uh, that, that, that are important. Like Martha. Out of whack. Jesus made a banquet. He made a banquet for everyone. All of us. He's made a banquet for us. It's going to be a great gathering in the sky. And we have to do whatever it takes to go to that banquet. Yes, I know it's hard in this high-paced, high-demanding time that we live in. But Jesus' banquet is the good part of life. Jesus' banquet is the good part of life. Eleanor Roosevelt said, you must do the things you think you cannot do. We must do this. Yeah. I know it's not easy to pray. And we think, I can't have that kind of prayer life. I know it's not easy always to, to say no to social media and other things, or your favorite Nick, Net, Netflix, Hulu, Binge, whatever it is. I know it's hard. Oh, come on. It's such a battle. It's such a challenge. But we must do this. Hallelujah. We got to hear the words of Eleanor Roosevelt. You must do the things you think you cannot do. You think you can't become an awesome man of God. You think you can't become an awesome woman of God. You think you can't become that soul winning station that help turn a church upside down. You think we can't have revival in Marion like hallelujah so many saying that we can't do. But Eleanor Roosevelt's word speaks to us today. We must do the things that we think we cannot do because when I can't do it, God can do it. All things are possible with God. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, Paul said to the Corinthian church, For he said, I have heard thee at acceptable time, and the day of salvation I have secured thee. Oh, behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Our world is very troubled. Our world, we can see it. Surely we can see how troubled the world is. I talked about it a moment ago with the conflict that's going on in Russia and the conflict that's going on in our own nation. It's such a turmoil that we have right now. And we see everything that's going on. Surely we see, the over, we see the signs of the coming of the Lord that is mentioned in Matthew 24 and 25. Hallelujah. That the whole world will be in an uproar. But I have good news today. Today is a day of salvation. Right now is the time to be saved. Right now, Jesus has a banquet for us to attend. And we cannot be distracted by the disease of the have-to. Thinking I don't have time to go to church, but I have to do this and I have to do that. I don't have time to read my Bible. I have to do no, no, no. Let's let that disease get to go somewhere else. We've got to seek the Lord while we have a chance. Isaiah 55 and 6 said, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. I have to make heaven my home. 
I have to get to that banquet, Brother Texas. I have to get to that banquet. There is nothing else in this world that is more important to me than making that great banquet in the sky. Hallelujah. He's made it. He's done got it laid out. He's given it all to us. Hallelujah. In our text today, we see that all those invited to the great supper began to make excuses of, I have to, of why they could not attend the great banquet. One said, I just bought some property. I have to go see it. Another one said, I just bought five yoke of oxen, and now I have to go test drive them. Another said, I have married a wife, and I have to take care of her. So I cannot come. It is the same today. It is the same have-tos today. Every have-to that we have in our life that keeps us from the banquet, that keeps us from the one thing that is the most important thing in our life, falls in these three categories that Jesus gave to us. And those are simply, I have places to go, I have things to do, and I have people to see. I want to tell you what we have to do today. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 says, We must all, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We can make excuses all we want, but we are all going to have to stand before God and be judged by him. Yes, we have to go to work. Yes, we have to eat. Yes, it's okay to get married to the right one. Yes, it's okay to have good, wholesome fun, but we have to be faithful to Jesus. We have to be holy. We have to be righteous we have to worship and we have to reach our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ people dying and going to hell and we're so busy on social media buying this doing that hallelujah that people are going to go to hell because we're not choosing the good part as I bring this to a close today, I told you I wouldn't be long. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead and his appearing and his kingdom. Listen to what Paul tells his son in the gospel. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Urgency is screaming voice from a blazing automobile. It is a grasping hand of a child sinking in a lake. It is a time between dialing 911 and arrival of the ambulance. Urgency calls us to action. It demands a response. That was the first paragraph of an article named Urgency that I once read in the Pentecostal Herald probably back in the early 2000s. But what caught my attention as I read them read was the scripture that was used in the article was the one that I just read, 2 Timothy 4 2. Preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency as given from 2 Timothy 4 and 2. Urgent. Instant. The word instant means urgent. A short period of time. Urgent is what is of immediate importance. 
Urgency calls us to action. It demands a response. And today, and for a while, I've been feeling this urgency in my spirit. I feel the urgency in the air. It's calling everybody in this place to action. Yeah. It is calling every one of us in this place. It is demanding a response from you and I. We are living in an hour of urgency because Jesus is fixing to split those skies wide open and we'd be better be ready to meet him because that great banquet in the sky is almost ready and he's calling out to his people and sister Penny we got to have no excuses we don't have to have a place to go we don't have to have things to do we don't have to have people to see but we gotta be right because we all have to stand before him in the judgment seat Bethany comes and I bring this to a close today you may walk out of here today as you have many times without a response to the urgent call of salvation you may walk out of here to that urgent call you will still be held accountable. Because you may think you have to do this, this, and this, but what you will do, every one of us have to do, is stand before Him and account for what we have done and have not done. As you stand with me across this building today, Romans 13, 11, and 12, some of my favorite scriptures and knowing the time that now let's say now it's high time to awake our sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let's put on the armor of light today if you're sitting here and you're lost we have to repent now if you're here today and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, today, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's something we have to do. If you don't have the Holy Ghost today, then you have to get the Holy Ghost now. Because I don't want to be standing before Him without His Spirit inside of me. Because He said, without, you, without my Spirit, you're none of mine. Today we have to pray now. We have to fast more now than ever. We have to read our Bible more now than we ever have. We have to do whatever it takes to get to that great people in the sky. In Texas, there's an urgency in my spirit. There's an urgency in my spirit. I've been praying, God. But you put such a passion inside of me. When I walk in a room, not me, but God in me, people begin to say, What is that? 
God and just the hope of glory inside my normal lives. We walk into a room. That's what it's designed. That's what we're supposed to be. He, he wants us to be so connected to Him that when we walk into a room, people begin to say, What is that? Hell is distracting us with a half to disease. I have to do this today. I can't come to church. today and I, I can't pray. I have to do this. I, I can't do this and I can't. Listen to me. There's one thing every one of us have to do and that's stand before him on the day of judgment. Nothing else in this life matters. Nothing else. It's the only thing that every one of us have to do. I live in a box, Brother David, and I have nothing this world has to offer. And be right with God. I'll take it any day than have every earthly treasure in this world that consumes my time and causes me to miss that banquet. Because when I, I can't go into that banquet unless I'm clothed right. Today I close with this. You may think it's almost 2.30, Pastor. I've got to get on out of here. I've got, I have people to see. I have places to go. I have things to do. But at this moment, I don't think there's anything else in this world that's more pressing than what Every one of us have to be to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And Brother David, when I stand before you, there could be no excuse, especially for everyone sitting in this building today. Because today we have what we must do. And we can walk out the door. The best place to be up front. If you don't feel like you can do that, you'll get your seat. If you don't know the Lord today, you can. I must be saved. So let's find a place and let's seek the face of God. And I want you to ask yourself, Lord, is time managing me? Or am I managing my time? But I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't manage your time, time will manage you. It's the same principle of budgeting money. If you don't know where your money is going, your money will control you. But if you know where your money is going, you control your money. It's the same thing with time. And we 
must manage our time and we must manage it right and we must understand hallelujah miss sister Shirley was talking about i'll be done i'm you got your heads down and you're praying already but miss sister Shirley was talking about we coming i was talking about what i'm talking about today and sister Shirley made this incredible statement she said everybody has made all the big rocks that goes in the jar the same size and it doesn't matter whether it's going to church or going to work they all seem to be the most seem to be important but that's not the truth the big rocks if we don't put them in first we won't get nothing else in our life praise god we won't get the things in that matters and the things that really matter hallelujah is living for god and serving god that's the things that i have to get in that jar the other things can wait so today there's a big rock for you to put in this jar and that's us being right in our spirit. So today we have to make sure our spirit is right before we walk out the doors because we don't know if we'll ever get a chance to be back in the house of God where we may have another chance to get ourselves right with God. The atmosphere is changing. 